Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial of Audible by going to audibletrial.com forward slash United We Drink. Choose from nearly half a million options in Audible's extensive library and keep that audiobook forever. Yes, forever. If you decide you want to cancel your Audible membership before the trial is over, that audiobook is yours for life. Maybe you don't like the audiobook you selected. Guess what? Audible will swap it out for you for a different audiobook for free. Listen to your audiobook on any device of your choosing, iOS, Android, Sonos, Kindle. And when you switch a device, pick up right where you left off. Audible has got you covered. So go to audibletrial.com slash unitedwedrink and get a free audiobook of your choice and keep it forever. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the host's employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dina Lang, professional radio personality, and you're listening to a bunch of amateurs on Reunited We Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the restart, the reboot, the reanimation, the reuniting of United We Drink right here on UnitedWeDrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mikey Revich, and I am once again an employed person in the brewing industry after a couple-week break. I am joined by my two co-conspirators of the show. First up is a man who will likely drive me to utter insanity by his constant posting of hard seltzer-related things on our Slack channel. And goddamn, he talks too much about seltzer. It's Phil Palmasano. You have to love me. That's why I'm here. I'm I'm your seltzer insider. (laughs) Uh, New shirt idea, seltzer insider. Uh, also with us is a man who now has firing power over me and is a professional pizza taste tester. Here is Joel Codner. What's up, everybody? Um, glad you said that, Mike, because you're fired. Thank you. It's nice working with you. And a professional dog sitter, apparently. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> My apologies. It'll be over in a second. Uh, the world? God willing. <laughs> Well, first off, thank you, everybody who has been continuing to listen to the show. Uh, you made last episode, uh, episode number four, our most listened to first day uh, show in this, the brief run of the show thus far. So thank you very much for everyone who has tuned in and shared it with friends and family. You gave us a retweet um, on Twitter or just told someone to listen to it. It's really appreciated, um, and we're just blown away by the support that we've gotten and the uh, response that we've gotten from people talking to us about some of the topics. Uh, So it's great. Let's continue to have conversations about these topics uh, all the time um, because they never do really stop. So that's a really important thing. Um, We're going to talk about beer and food pairings a little bit later on as our main topic of the show, 
But we're going to get into... Actually, you know what? before we get into the news, gentlemen, are, are we drinking anything? I know we're recording at a very different time and day uh, right now, but has anyone decided to uh, imbibe? I personally am drinking something called Arez. It is uh, an illegal pre-workout drink. Uh, <laughs> had uh, quite a few sour beers and some Middle Eastern food last night, so uh, definitely need the help getting up today. And uh, it's also clearing my sinuses. I'm on coffee uh, for the time being. I may jump over to a beer if I disappear on screen quickly. I, too, am drinking coffee. Uh, I was uh, partaking in the sour beers in Middle Eastern food with Joel last night as well. And uh, up far later than I'm used to at this age um, in doing so. So a uh, little rough around the edges. Again, um, I appreciate the invite, guys. This one was not on us. We were not the ones who put this together. Uh, talk to Kevin. Um that guy yeah uh all right phil let's talk about some news all right i promised you guys some seltzer news uh maybe a little bit later uh first piece of news this week uh facebook we are a beverage podcast uh not a hundred percent beer all the time and facebook this week shut down a bourbon secondary market group over possible uh unregulated spirit sales my question to you guys, do you think that this is something we're going to see more of, um, specifically within the Reddit, Facebook um, industry in particular, where it's social media driven, um, but also now starting to be regulated? And who's behind this? Is it Facebook specifically saying no? Or do you think it's, uh, some larger powers are at play here with the ATF? Uh, start with Mike. Uh, I, I think there's a little bit of some uh, conspiracy theory uh, rhetoric in that, but I, I maybe there is some pressure on Facebook to crack down on it from the federal government standpoint, but I think that it would just be in their own best interest to want to crack down on things like that because they could potentially be held liable for uh, sales to minors or things like that by allowing this to, uh, to, to exist on their platform. Um, we've, I know, all personally talked about this secondary market of beer and such, and I know that's been impacted by this as well. A number of beer trading selling groups have been shut down by Facebook as well. I personally think that it's a great thing because I don't care for the secondary market of uh, alcohol. I think that it, it's not only just a shitty thing to do, but it's it's a dangerous thing to do uh, because of the, the not knowing the age of the person that you're sending this stuff to. Um, I just think it's irresponsible uh, on a number of levels. So I, I'll give I'll give Facebook a, a thumbs up here for for doing something like this. And there was some news that came out a couple months ago in like late July saying, you know, Facebook banned sales of alcohol and tobacco between users. Um, if I could read a quick statement, uh, we are updating our regulated goods policy to prohibit the sale of alcohol and tobacco products between private individuals on Facebook and Instagram. Our commerce policies already prohibit the sale of tobacco or alcohol in places like Marketplace, but we're now extending this to organic content, a Facebook 
spokesperson said in an email statement. Um, and, you know, exactly what, you know, you said, Mike. I mean, not only are, you know, certain, uh, it seems like certain spirit brands worried about counterfeits and, and uh, what this article says are tainted mixtures and uh, consider it a global health concern. Um, the Costa Rican Health Ministry said alcohol tainted with methanol has caused the deaths of 20 people in Costa Rica since June. Um, and they're thinking, you know, counterfeits and, and, and tainted alcohol could be some of the causes of that. So, you know, it's it's definitely a safety issue as well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you guys. I think uh, counterfeiting is a huge thing outside of uh, selling to underage minors. There's a great movie. Uh, movie recommendation sour grapes it, uh, it, it was released back in 2016 about one of the largest wine counterfeiting rings uh, cracked to date um, and the guy was I mean these these knockoffs look great um, and he was selling through private auction so they were passing inspection of uh, the auctioneer house uh, or the auctioning house um, I I think we're going to see some shutdown on this. I, you know, all of us have our opinions about the secondary market. Um, it, it's unfortunately it's there. The trading market's there. Things of that nature. Um, I think it's a good way to sort of get your beer out there, um, your your bourbon and spirits and things of that nature out there. But it's uh, it's dangerous. It, 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 there's there's zero regulation, and when you start looking at things that are not regulated, um, you know it becomes sticky yeah i know i know a lot of people can go uh, go on about like oh there's too much regulation on this that and whatever and and i'm for that uh, and i agree with that to a certain extent but what we are dealing with here is essentially we are making legal poison um and selling it and consuming it and stuff like this really does need to be regulated to try to be sure that it's it's being consumed as responsibly as possible by the people of age uh, and trying to curb any potentials for real harm to the wrong people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for regulation in this industry to a certain extent, uh, just to ensure safety for people. For sure. All right. And second I, piece of oh, Joel, I was just going to say I'm all for Facebook shutting down altogether. So. <laughs> That'll take care of everything. I'm sure your cousin uh, will really enjoy hearing that. <laughs> uh, second piece of news this week. Uh, Dogfish Head came out with an interesting collaboration. Uh, Merrill Shoes and Dogfish Head have partnered to do a collaboration. This time around, not a beer. Um, it's actually a pair of 100% recycled trail running shoes. Do you guys think that this is a new trend where we'll see breweries team up with shoe companies? Or is this just another piece of wacky, off-centered point of sale? I think it's what you just said, the wacky, off-centered point of sale. I, I don't know why shoes are always the default piece of merch that some people or businesses go to. Like, there's shoes for competitive video gamers now. Like, you're sitting in a chair. Why do you need you know, performance enhancing shoes or whatever it is. Like, I think these shoes look cool. I love sequence. I love the design. I think it looks really cool. I'm all about ugly ass shoes. If you look in my closet, everything's like bright neon yellow and pink and orange. It's, it's just ridiculous. But um, 
like if you've seen the documentary The Defiant Ones with uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, um, people were approaching Dre like, you need your own sneaker. And he went to talk to Jimmy Iovine about it. And he's like, you don't need sneakers. You need speakers. And that's how Beats by Dre came about. So I, I just I feel like like what, what do we if it's being promoted as like, hey, these you know, if you want a healthy lifestyle and drink sequench and, and you know, have running shoes, that's cool. Um, and, you know, I think it's cool to have, you know, something like that. But I don't know. I, I just I don't know why it, it always reverts to shoes. Miguel, I uh, I'm actually not familiar with this whole uh, reverting to shoes as a piece of merchandise uh, thing. Maybe I'm just out of the loop on that. Uh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I I love seeing breweries merchandising things that are not your typical things. I mean, how many uh, bottle openers and koozies and uh, t-shirts and all of that normal, typical swag do you really need? Um, I know not everyone's going to go out and buy a $115 pair of shoes. When you sent me this link, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool looking. And then when I saw the price tag, I'm like, I'm no longer interested. Um, it's I mean, pretty average pricing for Merrill's, though. I, I, I've never even heard of this shoe company before. Uh, I've, I've, the only pair types of shoes I've been buying for like the last 10 years are Pumas and Shoes for Cruise boots. So, uh, Shout out to shoes for cruise, um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, I've never been big into spending a ton of money on shoes. I always just go to like the the outlet malls and get something cheap from last year's uh, stuff. But I mean, I think they're cool looking. Um, I I like Joel love Sequench, and I'm also a fan of crazy outlandish looking shoes by like color standards. Um, so I think that it's a cool thing. It's a it's a it's a gimmick for sure, and uh, maybe maybe they'll team up with other breweries uh, to to make some some other stuff in the future. I think that would be kind of cool. I, I feel like sooner. Really... Go ahead. No, go. I was just gonna say I feel like we're gonna see Sam one day just dressed head to toe in like dogfish <laughs> athletic gear, like like Garth in Wayne's World. Where he's like, you know, some people just do things because you know they get paid, and that's just really sad. Like, <laughs> I, and I and I don't mean I don't mean to you know put that statement on him as if that's what they're doing. I just, you know, I feel like there's going to be like Sam Adams basketballs and athletic equipment and and workout gear. Like, I, I feel like this is the beginning of a lot of, uh, as yogurt from Spaceballs would call it, merchandising. I I dig it. I really like the simple fact that these are available on the Merrill website, not necessarily through the Dogfish Head website on merch, which I think is pretty unique because when you typically have seen some breweries in the past uh, create tennis shoes or um, printed shoes, they were only available through their point of sale, um, and they were extremely limited. Um, and it, and honestly, like Oscar Blues put a pair of slides uh, out, I think it was two years ago. And unless the wholesaler ordered through a portal, there was really no way to get them unless you want them through a, a like social media campaign. So I dig the idea. I, the shoes look cool. I, I really like them. Um, and Merrill's are super comfortable, by the way. Yeah, like Mike, I've I've never heard of these. 
definitely worth a shot if you guys get the opportunity to uh, try a pair of Merrells on. They're really good trail shoes. Uh, they have zero drop um, for the geeks out there that like to run barefoot. Um, super comfortable, specifically if you have wide feet. But this is not a shoe podcast. On That's to our Seltzer other talk. podcast. <laughs> what don't they call it? You know, I'm putting on my drinking shoes. There you go. Drinking. These are great drinking shoes. There you go, Joel. Shit. Um, so as promised, a little seltzer talk this week. Um, (laughs) about two weeks ago ish, uh, Anheuser-Busch crashed the Catalina fucking wine mixer, um, coming off of the movie Step Brothers several years ago. This thing actually turned into a real thing. Catalina wine mixer is a yacht convention. Um, and Anheuser-Busch actually, Mike literally just walked away. Um, Anheuser-Busch landed a helicopter on a yacht promoting Natty Seltzer's Catalina Lime Mixer, Seltzer Water. Um, And actually, the helicopter in the helicopter was the comedian. um, His name escapes me right now, but the comedian that on his YouTube channel coined the phrase, ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. So AB went after competition um and uh yeah but that's really not all that ab's done they're actually in their national this past week was their national sales meeting and they announced that a line extension of bud light will be putting out a seltzer as well um and and in addition to that a bud light crisp which is going to be directly competing with miller light what do you guys think about anheuser-busch and what they're trying to do right now uh mike since you love seltzers, you can go first. Uh, while you were talking, I decided to walk away and grab a beer. <laughs> Thanks. I, I don't know. Like this, I don't think that I will ever truly understand this segment. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't deny what it is in the industry right now, that it's a driving force and that it's a very real thing. It just doesn't mean anything to me personally i i i'll try them and i'll probably enjoy them from time to time but it's never going to be my go-to thing so i just have the hardest time grasping and staying interested in stuff like this so it's like i i've heard so many people talking about this there ain't no laws and i've seen some of the videos and it's like oh it's 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 a it's it's a little funny video whatever um but I don't know. This stuff is just tough for me to stay, stay interested in. I've never seen Step Brothers, so I don't know what the hell anyone's talking about. <laughs> Add it I to went, your watch or movie uh, needs to see watching. List. I know. I Joel know. I just went, doesn't like Will Ferrell comedies. No, I don't like Will Ferrell as the star. I can take him in little bites, like old school. Or, um, fuck, what was that other movie? I don't know, just like little bits and pieces. I can't deal with him for like an hour and a half, two hours. Especially John C. Riley. I just, I can't even look at him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Joel hates yeah, John just, C. Riley. Hot take. I don't hate him. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't want to see him on a giant screen. Um, nor would he want to see me. But, I, you know, trend's going to trend, bro. That's, that's about all I can add to this one. Um, and look, if I were at, you know, a gathering and they happen to be 
sitting in the cooler. Uh, I would help myself to one and, and see how it is. It's not really my thing, but, um, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll try whatever. See, I'm going to take a completely different approach to this and looking at the entire piece of news. I really feel that AB, well, one, has noticed that they're losing significant share in Seltzer in particular, and they want to be top dog. So you got your Natty Light line, which is going to be your discount value. You have Bud Light coming out with a Seltzer. Um, they still have Bon and Viv. Um, and, and, and then you start digging down to crisp, which uh, the, the crisp piece could be a new uh, beer uh, category that we have to look at similar to the, the ice category. Um, I, I really think that Anheuser-Busch is looking to completely disrupt this entire industry. They're, they're looking at line extensions to eat up cold box placements. Again, go back, watch Beer Wars if you want to understand how planograms work. But they're really leveraging, they're doing the best job out there right now and leveraging packet, new packages, innovation, and package size to try and eat up as much cold box space from all of us, uh, you know, craft breweries, uh, imports, uh, you know, local. Other macro. Other macro, exactly. Um, so when you look at it, I think they're because they're not top dog, and right now they're not even playing second fiddle because you have White Claw and Truly sort of leading that seltzer category. They're really trying to stake their claim for number three, trying to push for that number two, potentially number one. But at the same time, they're just eating up cold box space. Do you think that there's also potential that they're just trying to uh, destroy the segment? Like completely make it blown out of proportion that people are just going to give up on it and then go back to the beer and they'll be like, ah, oh, come on back to us. Remember, we, we were, we've always been here for you. Bud Light's always been here with no corn syrup, which I, was a thing I saw this week too. Well, yeah, the corn syrup thing, they have to blow through that package within the next like month or two because they're not allowed to use it anymore. Um, I, I don't know if they're trying to destroy Seltzer in particular. I think a lot of people are trying to destroy or damage um, to continue to use D words, uh, disrupt, damage, destroy. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I hate to say it. I mean, we all thought that FM, you know, Mike's Hard Lemonade in particular has been around forever. Uh, Twisted Tea's been around forever. I don't think we're going to see this category disappear the way that we saw sodas really fall off pretty quickly. Um, alcoholic sodas, I should say, not craft sodas. And it, you can still get a good variety of craft soda out there as well as alcoholic sodas. But I don't think we're going to see that steep cliff. Um, in fact, I, I want to say it was Deschutes came out this past week and said, well, we're going to come in and we're going to do a true F&B. We're going to do more of that... Uh, sort of flavored malt beverage uh, similar to a Mike's Hard Lemonade, and we're not going to play in the seltzer category. So I think it's really people are grasping for straws and they're trying to find additional case sales. And one thing we haven't talked about on this episode is CBD drinks, um, THC drinks. Um, that is a category that I think we're going to start seeing. And, and then on top of that, these RTDs ready to drink cans uh, Boulevard in particular has done a great job of getting fling out there. I think we're going to continue to see that segment. So 
I think the lines of what craft beer is, and I'm using my air quotes, is really convoluted right now. And I think you're seeing craft breweries trying to dabble in different areas, more so than just distilling um, and winemaking, where they want to push forward. And we haven't talked about wine in a can yet either. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, and we we can do that some other time. We've really gone a little far on this one. Uh, so let's let's settle that up and let's move into our main topic here where we're going to talk about beer and food pairings. And uh, we're actually going to let Phil kind of uh, drive this car, whether or not that's a good idea and we stay on the road. Let's we'll, we'll see. But Phil, why don't you uh, kick us off here? I'm not the one that's drinking, so uh, as long as I'm driving, you guys should be in good hands. Um, I poured some food. Copper Point Lager into my coffee. <laughs> it's not bad. Oh, nice. Uh, it's coffee lager. Um, yeah. Beer and food pairings. Uh, so, super. I know all three of us are passionate about it, and we enjoy drinking and eating all at the same time. Um, but when it comes down to... The holidays are right around the corner, and when it comes down to... Uh, trying to put together a spread and, and and beers that go with your spread, there's a handful of some really basic terminologies and, and rules that you can go through uh, to try and pair equally uh, with the food that you're serving your guests. Um, so when, when we start this discussion, I think it's important for you to understand, first and foremost, this is all individual everybody has different flavor profiles that they like they dislike subjective exactly so when we're discussing beer and food pairings i think fundamentally it's good for all of us to sort of state what we like and what we dislike um particularly within this category so mike um real quick what are what are some things that you like to do just fundamentally when it comes to uh how you would pair your beer with your food See, I I still kind of consider myself pretty novice with beer and food pairings. I've only ever done it less than a handful of times professionally. I've done it like personally a, f- a few more times. Um, I still to this day have a hard time with doing contrasting flavors, um, which is very important because you can have uh contrasting flavors which uh, work somewhat against one another and you can have complementary flavors which i think are a lot easier because putting something fruity with something also fruity is easy um but trying to match up something that is acidic uh or tart with something else can be a little difficult for me personally i know some people uh do it very wonderfully our friend friend of the show kevin over at barrel of monks has been doing this now for a few years and has gotten really good at doing uh complementary and contrasting flavors um in food pairings especially thanks to their throwdowns that they do over there um so I tend to be a little more safe with my pairings and do a lot of complimentary stuff um, where I'm never really sure of myself when I want to try to be contrasting. Uh, Joel, looking at beer and food pairings sort of as cooking, because it, Mike, you brought up a great, uh, great point there where when you're looking at pairing beer with food, 
um, you're looking at ingredients, individual ingredients that sort of shine. So a flavor profile in particular in an IPA or a flavor profile in a stout or a porter. Um, and when you're looking at it, comparing or contrasting with the actual food, it fundamentally, when you strip everything down, you're looking at it as basically cooking or brewing. Um, Joel, is there anything that you look at specifically when you're trying to pair beer with food, brew pub brewing experience as well? Uh, obviously, you're probably considering that when uh, you're looking at your next beer um, with menu items. Absolutely. And when we're doing, I mean, when we're brewing something, we're, you know, we are looking for balance. And especially when it comes to pairing that beer and food, um, there are a lot of people who will tell you to sort of go by the three C's, the, you know, do, do the two things complement each other? Do they contrast each other? Or can you sort of cut one of them with the other? Uh, I sort of look at cutting uh, in a sense of like contrast. So, so to me, it's more two different things. But um, and, and I'm... I sort of agree with Mike in the sense about playing it a little safe, but I would only say that when it comes to, you know, for another audience, like, and you don't know what they're going to like or dislike. When it comes to something like the throwdown uh, at Barrel of Monks, which I'll casually mention I've beaten Kevin twice at, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to get too crazy um, in an audience of, you know, possible novices. Um, and I think, I think you sort of have to play to your audience and, and you know, hopefully um, offer something that, you know, they can understand and enjoy. Uh, for myself, I, I love contrasting. I mean, I'll, one of my favorite pairings that made no sense to me whatsoever when I first had it, and still to this day, I don't understand, but I loved Dogfish Festina Pesh, which is like their peach Berliner with uh, stir fry. Um, you know, you had that sort of fruity acidity sort of working against this like savory, salty, um, you know, really um, just, just you know, very um, sort of in-depth like, you know, Asian style. Like it, to me, it, it, it really made no sense, but it worked like the, 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 the Berliner, the fruit sort of cut into the heat. And um, then there are things like, you know, another experience I had was, you know, sitting in the legal seafood test kitchen in Boston, having Allagash White and, you know, a bowl of clam chowder in the middle of a snowstorm. I mean, to me, it's also about like set and setting as some like psychedelic shamans would tell you is important for your experience. Like, to me, it's also about the experience, where I am, who I'm with. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a lot more to the pairing than just the food and the beer. And, and I've had some, you know, really amazing pairings all by myself and, and you know, as, as well as in, in larger groups. There's just, there's so many options. And, and I, I get to, I think I play it a little more safe when it comes to like dessert. I'm not going to go too crazy. I, I, I love, um, you know, anything like super chocolate and sweet with, you know, stout, a porter, coffee, beer. So there's all different ways to play it, and I think it comes down to personal preference and and the audience you're playing to. Yeah, so actually both of you have uh, discussed the throwdowns that uh, Barrel of Monks Brewing out of Boca Raton, Florida, um, holds, uh, I believe, monthly. Um, They're so every other month now. Every other now. Um, so the, the concept started with the brewery looking to invite an, a, an opposing brewery into... Uh, their home and basically offer five beers um, that were pre-selected 
with a blind menu. So you're, you're blind pairing all the way through. and um, you, But you only have five bullets in your chamber to play with. And once you use that beer, it's gone. So it's a pretty unique concept that um, I don't think many people in South Florida have been able or Florida in general have been able to replicate. And they're a lot of fun. Um, they're extremely tiny. I, I think it's only like 20 to 30 people per sitting. Um, and, and they bring in local chefs to... Um, to sort of cook for the audience. It, it, it's a very unique uh, setting when you look at like beer versus wine or beer versus bourbon or spirits in particular, which I've, I've done both. Um, when you go beer versus beer and you start playing with multiple ingredients for each brewery, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a different experience. Um, and I don't know many people that are disappointed from going from them. So something to, you know, keep in mind if you are in Florida or South Florida in particular, try and keep your eye open for those. Um, both of you talked about contrasting and, uh, basically complimenting when you're looking at complimenting, I would recommend personally, and the way that I built my menus in the past go delicate flavors, with delicate flavors. So, you know, Joel said clam chowder and Allagash white, Mm -hmm. um, fish and fish and whip beer go great together. Uh, subtle clove coriander, uh, sweet wheat flavors with a white fish or clams or mussels, things of that nature always go well. Um, char, I would recommend with darker beers. Um, so, but you can also go with pale ales. Um, so you get a little bit of that contrasting where you get that heavy char, say you want to do uh, grilled chicken or grilled pork. Um, something like a Schwartz beer would pair beautifully with it, but then you could turn around and use the opposite, like a pale ale, a little citrusy, some piney flavors to sort of cut some of that uh, uh, char flavor as well. And then finally, spice um, is probably one of my favorite things to play with. And you can spice, you can do a few things. You can go delicate flavors, um, but with a strong backbone, or you can play with it with hops. And hops do two things. So they sort of heighten the heat, but at the same time, they they can bring the heat back down based off of your malt build of the beer. Um, So those are a handful of the things that I look for. When I'm pairing uh, my menus in particular, um, I also, like Joel said, it's an experience thing. So I keep in mind if I'm building a menu for a restaurant in particular, I'm trying to think how advanced are their drinkers? Are their drinkers experimental? Uh, Do they want something a little bit safer? Is it, you know, am I basically serving this up to maybe some people that have had craft beer for the first time? I have to keep the audience in mind at the same time, as well as the experience of this, as of the chef, I should say. Uh, You know, I was saying earlier about, uh, having issues with, uh, contrasting flavors. And while Joel was talking, uh, he actually said something that made me think of a contrasting flavor uh, combination that I, I really enjoy. And that's when I, I think of uh, desserts. Uh, Joel mentions the easy way out with like pairing dark beers with, with chocolate and, and things like that. Fucking raspberry lambics, fruited lambics oh, yes. with uh, desserts are incredible. And they can work as a contrasting thing with the tartness of them and sweetness of your... Uh, of your dessert that can uh, help 
even those things out. So someone who might not like sweet stuff like me, adding some of that tartness makes it all a little better. And uh, people who aren't into tart, that sweetness can help cover up some of the, the tartness. Um, like I, I remember having a lambic, like a framboise float. And I was like, this is one of the craziest things I've ever I've ever had because I would have never thought of using a lambic in an ice cream float. Uh, but it works so great. I had a pairing at uh, Saver in D.C. in 2011 that I still remember. It was uh, Lost Abbey Red Poppy with uh, some sort of white cheese or white cheesecake. It was unbelievable. And I had, you know, that was very early on in my experience of, you know, beer and uh, food pairing. So that really blew me away. At Saver is one of, if you have the opportunity to go to Saver at any point in time, Saver is hands down one of the, I would say it's the pinnacle beer and food pairing um, event in the United States. It's it's amazing to see, A, the caliber of craft breweries that show up to it and are invited to it every year, but then in addition to that, the food, the selection, it's not overcrowded. Um one of my favorite events that I've had the pleasure of working and one of my favorite events that I've had the pleasure to actually attend as a uh, patron. Uh, it's a bucket list event for me. I've never been. I know, Joel, you've been there before, right? Oh, I Which mean, one? you were just saying it. Yeah. Saver. Saver. I'm the yeah. only one who hasn't been out of the show. Yeah. And, and you know, I think when when you talk about beer and food, and I mean Halloween's right around the corner. How many times are we going to see beer pairings with candy, um, beer pairings with all different sorts of different things? Um, you can pair with coffee. You can pair with all you know, literally just about anything. I'm I'm currently working on a beer pairing menu with cigars, um, and which is a, a new unique experience for me that I haven't done in several years. Um, but when I am going through and I'm trying to pair, uh, cigars with my portfolio of beer, I'm looking at pretty similar rules where you're looking at strength. So a light, delicate, uh, flavor or wrapper, like a Connecticut wrapper with something a little bit more approachable. And then as you build heavier, um, into your wrapper, or your tobacco blends, you're looking at heavier beers, full-bodied with full-bodied beers etc have you guys had any experience with pairing things other than food with beer yeah we did a, a cigar and beer pairing last year at the brewery and it was a big hit um, i know nothing about cigars i don't smoke them but my boss did so he really took the ball on that part of it and um you know we had a really good time pairing up some food and beer with it um, I did not partake in any of the cigars, so I couldn't report to you how that whole part of it went. But um, as far as the beer and food, it was great. I mean, we had like – it was very sort of Cuban-themed. Uh, we had some uh, Cuban pizza. We had um, – God, I'm, I'm trying to think of everything we had there. Uh, I did some like uh, – sort of like a cortadito porter, uh, which was uh, really interesting. So And, and everything, you know, is, is, is from all accounts, as far as I know, everyone, you know, really liked everything that we offered. And it was, it was pretty well received. We should do it again. It was just one of those things that uh, we haven't gotten back around to doing. But I know people really enjoyed it, and, and it was sort of a unique experience. You don't see a lot of those things. Mostly it's just beer and food dinners, uh, you know, events like that. So I, I think, you know, and it's important to figure out 
pairing beers with with all sorts of things because beer is still so new to so many people so many people don't know there's a craft brewery within 10 miles of their house so you know to introduce them to 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 beer and you know what we love so much it helps to you know ease them into it with you know cigars or food or any of these other things that they enjoy and really show them that there's a lot more to what you know what they're normally used to like what other things like Phil, you were asking other things that you could pair beer with, like besides food, what else is there? I can't really think like, do you pair it with a, a round of golf? Like you see this Porter really goes well with the, the fifth hole and the dog leg that goes off to the left here. Like, I, I don't, what other things were you thinking of? Well, I mean, you could go, you could do cigars, you could do herbs. Um, you could pair, you know, different beers with herbs. When you look at uh, tea, um, uh, you could do compare it. Fuck you. Hey, it's co- coffee too. Like yeah. when, when you said food, I just, uh, I guess I lumped all consumables into that. Um, so okay. that's what I, I was a little confused by. Strains I remember of marijuana. Someone... <laughs> I feel I... like I've seen something like that before. I'm like, sure. Someone you know I, in California did. You know what I pair with that? Everything in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but you could pair you could, you could literally pair beer with just about anything when you look at experience. So if if you're looking at experience as the whole, and and Mike, I'm sorry for not you know venturing outside, but at breakfast pairings are something that I'm I'm really curious and Goose Island just did a breakfast pairing with Run the Jewels in particular. So not only were they pairing beers with music, but they were pairing beers with breakfast foods and every course played a little bit differently. Um really like that. I it, I think that there when when you have that intangible variable of experience there's so much that you can do with it um music pairings are a lot of fun um not saying that that's going to change your palate by any particular reason or not but you know it it's i think that there's some different things that people can do the cigar thing was unique the cannabis thing i've seen a handful of times um overall it's about experience i i think so Yeah. yeah Joel, what would you pair with uh, Avengers Endgame? Oh, um, that's a three-hour movie, so <laughs> maybe I'm going low ABV on this one to keep <laughs> it going. Um, I don't know. I dogfish. Well, yeah, it, has that might, been done? Beer and movie mighty. pairing. <laughs> if not, I mean, if not, it should be. I mean, I you know get some. Uh, I don't know what would be like a like a southern sort of. I don't know, like what could you pair with Roadhouse. Mm, southern pecan uh <laughs> we'll, we'll have to work on this joel if Florida you steal cracker. our idea we're gonna come after you i remember someone years ago it was some I, I can't remember his name but he was on twitter and he ran a like an independent bookstore or something and he was doing like beer and book pairings um he i i don't think it's like an event where everybody sits down and reads a book and drinks a beer together but i think it was more of like a suggestion um, and, and like we said, it's, it's experience and it's set in a setting. I mean, you can, you know, th- like there's a really good, uh, Chuck Palahniuk book about his time in Portland and all the crazy stuff that goes on in there. Um, and like, you know, you could pair some sort of Portland beer with that sort of get a feel for the city and, and, and the region and what they offer there. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things you can do. Some of it may seem That's more gimmicky idea. than others, yeah. but, um, 
yeah, there's lots of different things you can do. And you can also mix and match. So one of the one of the coolest events that I've done is was a beer bourbon pairing with a menu and obviously you know you sip you smell then you take a bite and then you go back and you try the other um but combining the flavors of the bourbon with the bourbon or scotch because i've done scotch as well that was a little bit uh more in your face um but comparing the bourbon uh, with the actual beers was a lot of fun too, because you got different flavor profiles. If you took a sip of bourbon and then took a sip of beer and then took a bite off of the plate, um, you know, beer and wine dinners, I've, I've had more times than not, uh, not favorable blends between beer and wine, but every once in a while you'll get something that pairs beautifully with, you know, a crisp white wine or, um, maybe even a full bodied red. Um, what are, what are some of your guys' favorite pairings? Like, uh, Phil, what, if you could take like two beer and food pairings that you would recommend people to try, what would you, you tell them? Well, it wasn't on my list, but, um, carrot cake and IPA is one of my favorite pairings. And, and I remember that as we were talking about dessert, um, the hops and a big American IPA, I should say, um, really will play to the subtle orange peel that's in carrot cake. Um, but, uh, off what I actually had written down and prepared were grilled wings with no wing sauce, um, with a Belgian wit is, uh, one of my favorite things, just that subtlety of, uh, chicken with a little bit of char and then that sweet wheat flavor is hands down one of my favorites. And then, um, a, a lambic, a traditional sour or like a real funky, uh, farmhouse saison, um, with, uh, some blue cheese or some gorgonzola. Um, it's a pretty safe because you're playing funk and funk. Um, but put that with a, a pretty bland cracker or something to give, a complexity of crunch and savory and sweet. And, uh, that that's possibly my number one. Hey, what about you, Joel? Uh, not to offer a shameless plug, but uh, we uh, I had something the other night at the brewery, and it's sort of a little bit like what Phil had just mentioned about wings and wit beer. Uh, I had uh, this buffalo chicken flatbread with um, our uh, our wheat beer that's brewed with uh, wildflower honey. So uh, there was a sweetness, there was sort of a smoothness from the honey that sort of cuts down on the the, the heat of the buffalo chicken, and it, it was but it was also you know sort of a, a even though the, the flatbread is sort of like a mini pizza and it may be a, kind of a heavier dish, the wheat beer really sort of lightened the load, if you will. Um, so that that was really enjoyable. And that was something I just had the other night that I, that I discovered that I thought, wow, I'm, I'm going to do something like this again. I also really enjoyed um, IPA with like a mojo citrus chicken or um, you could even do like pork. I like how the, the hops and... Uh, some of that citrus and spice play with each other. And like I said before, I, I love dessert pairings. And it doesn't always have to be your your dark chocolate. You know, like you said, it could be lambic, which is awesome with dessert. It could be, um, you know, something uh, maybe a little crisp and lighter to cut through some of that rich, dense sweetness and, and um, you know, like a you know, something heavy in caramel or something like that. I mean, uh, oh, shit, one, one I forgot 
which I think is one of the ultimate pairings, is when I was in North Carolina, um, just a standard brown ale with like barbecue, brisket. I mean, it's fucking mind-blowing. Mm, it's, it's one of yeah. the greatest things ever. Yeah, if you eat barbecue and you don't drink a brown ale with it, you're doing it wrong. In my yeah, opinion. you're really missing out. Um, for me, uh, one of the, the first beer pairing type attempts I made uh, was probably close to a decade ago uh, where I had some friends over and I did a four-course meal with different pairings for each course. And the hit of the entire thing was something that I actually got out of the Best of American Beer and Food book by Lucy Saunders. And in there is cheese stuffed jumbo shrimp wrapped in bacon and uh, utilizing Swiss cheese in there and paired with uh, Saison. This was actually a, uh, a recipe and pairing done by uh, someone from Omegang. And they, of course, recommend hennepin with it. But really, any mildly funky uh, farmhouse saison, it was just a great pairing. And I couldn't uh, recommend that more. I also love big, malty, rich beers with braised meats. The, the one that specifically comes to my mind is uh, a brewery that I used to work for. We did a, uh, a beer dinner, and we had... Uh, a wild boar ragu and uh, noodles with our scotch ale. So that rich maltiness and a slight bit of smoke pairing with the gaminess and just like the melt in your mouth texture of that meat was incredible. And I still think about that to this day. I have no idea how to make it my, myself, but it's going to be one of those pairings that I'll always remember. So speaking of books, uh, are there any recommended resources that you guys utilize for uh, beer suggestion pairings or uh, menu pairings? Mike, you mentioned one, so take take it. Uh, I, like I said, it's called uh, The Best of American Beer and Food, uh, Pairing and Cooking with Craft Beer by Lucy Saunders. Um it is put out by Brewers Publication, the, the same uh, Brewers Association publisher um, that uh, you see a lot of books coming out uh, from. It's, it is a, like I said, probably 10-year-old book. Where it's the, What's the copyright on it? Uh, I don't see it offhand. Oh, 2007, I think it is. But yeah, uh, this was the first beer and food book that I, uh, I ever personally had. Uh, there's a good 15 to 20 pages in Tasting Beer, which I have right in front of me. And this is one of the older editions, so I don't know if it's been updated to include more on beer and food pairing. But there are a lot of great graphs, visuals, charts to look at, talking about balancing, talking about contrasting, uh, commonalities between beer and food, staging a beer dinner. I mean, it's for as short as the section is, it is a great resource. I mean, it really gives the basics. Uh, it's very uh, sort of hands-on in the sense that it's, it, it's very easy to look through and understand. Um, I know Mike tried reaching out to Garrett Oliver and Julia Hers because they both have books on the subject. Obviously, I, I think most people know about Garrett's uh, The Brewmaster's Table. I don't have that one, but I think when he, I think I saw it at your house, uh, Mike, a while back. I do you have, have that, it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't he autograph it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's Beer Pairing by Julia Hers. 
Yeah, and that's that's newer. I think that came out within the last year or so. Uh, or no, fifteen. Sorry, yeah, and you know, I guess we tried to reach out to and and the Brewmasters table. I want to say is two thousand five. So. You know, we wanted to hear from them yep. and find out if they plan to update any of these with newer additions to sort of account for new styles that have appeared since the books have come out. Uh, didn't get a response in time for the recording, but hopefully we do. Uh, it would be really interesting to see uh, how they pair certain fruited sours, New England style IPAs, pastry stouts, things of that nature. And I'm sure a Seltzers. lot of the fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of the fundamentals apply. You know, I, I'm certain you could get away with, uh, you know, New England IPA with you know whatever you would pair IPA with. Although you may want to consider that there's you know much less bitterness. Yeah, I uh, I I think you should definitely check out craftbeer.com. Um, utilize some free resources. Pinterest, believe it or not, nobody's an expert in this. Like we said, it's all subjective. There's some great things on Pinterest if you're looking for pairings or suggestions. Um, and then possibly one of my favorite books is He Said Beer, She Said Wine. Um, really entertaining read. Um, Sam Calgione and uh, I forget her name, our our co-authors. Definitely an entertaining read, something uh, that's quick. It gets down to the basics of wine pairing as well as beer pairing. Um, So you get sort of two for one with he said beer, she said wine. Marnie Old is the uh, other author. Um, Anything else that you guys want to add in to... uh this conversation before we uh we finish up here i don't know but it's making me hungry and thirsty damn it (laughs) it is almost lunchtime (laughs) yeah um well in that case uh i think it's time to head into last calls here where uh, we each get a little bit of time to uh voice our opinion and uh kind of take the soapbox on uh talking about something whoa Um, hold up last call what What happened to the q a session well, we're actually uh, still taking questions to do Q&A, but we're moving the Q&A part of the show. Um, not exactly sure when this is going to start up, but we're going to start doing some little mini episodes for off weeks. And we're going to have the Q&A there so that we can devote a little more time to our main topics for each of the main shows and can give more time to the Q&As without really getting in the way. So be on the lookout for that. We don't know exactly when we're going to start offering that, but we are compiling all of your questions and we are going to answer them and we'll have some other fun stuff on off weeks. Uh, So stay tuned to us and find out when that's going to start. I love it. More time to talk about seltzer news. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to not have you on the mini episodes. (laughs) Uh I but still yeah. want that Phil Palmisano hard seltzer shirt that you uh, design. We're gonna we're gonna be working on getting uh, some new shirts up onto the web store soon. Uh, UnitedWeDrink.com/store. Go over, buy a shirt. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on that. As for last calls, um, I I've, I'll start things off here, and I've been really conflicted as to what to talk about. Because there is so much going on in this past week within our industry and within our world. And I I could rant about so many different things that went on. But instead of that, I just, I feel like 
we all as people need to just kind of take a step back. I think Joel kind of talked about this, I think on the first episode a little bit on his last call. Let's just kind of take a step back and look at what is going on. And let's not jump down each other's throats so quickly uh, because something on the surface might initially upset us or piss us off. Um, Let's take a joke for a joke. Let's take life a little less seriously and not be so upset by every little thing and let's 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 concentrate on loving one another and helping one another and and just knowing that we're going to be on the same earth consuming the same air for hopefully still a foreseeable future and let's just get along a little bit more and let's have a beer let's have a seltzer let's have a wine or uh or a bourbon and uh let's just have some more fun that's all I really wanted to say. Uh, Joel? Uh, so for me, I spent, a, I don't know, it was like a week and a half ago, I started thinking about my last call very early, and I started writing it out. Next thing I knew, I had two pages, and I started rehearsing it to myself, and it ended up being like four minutes long. And then, uh, and it was very personal, very introspective, uh, very um, sort of, uh, I don't know what's what's the word. I don't know. But um, then I saved the file, went upstairs to bed. It was like four in the morning, and of course I go on Twitter, and someone happened to be talking about the very same subject I was going to last call, and uh, they sort of shit all over it without actually reading or knowing what I had just said or or written down, and I felt like, well, fuck, there goes my last call. So uh, instead of getting into all that, which I might just say for a later time, I'm just going to apologize for all the noise in the background with my brother's dogs and uh, everything else going on in this crazy household. Phil, um, I, you know, I had a, I, well, I, we talked about it um, a little bit or uh, alluded to it. Uh, the national sales meetings are going on. Uh, ABP annual business planning um is in the air um and it's you know there's it's a fun time in our industry in particular um but at one of the national sales meetings this past week um a like him or not harry schumacher of um beer business daily got called out as a uh quote-unquote asshole i think is what they said um and that seems to be a weekly thing i feel like uh, um, oh no, he got called out. At least out. if you follow him on Twitter. He got called out as a dickhead. Um, <laughs> so he actually had what I thought, um, he released a, a statement in regards to said brewery, um, calling him out as a quote unquote dickhead. And I thought it was extremely well written. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job of handling a really crappy situation, um, at the end of the day, when you look at news reporting, and I think for the most part, he tries to stay pretty unbiased. I like him individually. Um, when it comes down to reporters and things of that nature, of course, people are not going to see eye to eye with him. Um, but at the same time, I, Mike, it goes back to your last call. I think we all need to just take a step back every once in a while and stop taking things so personally. Um, so good for you, Harry. Uh, cheers. I, if I was in the same bar as you, I would buy you a beer. I thought you handled it extremely professionally. 
All right. Uh, time to do some plugs in here. Uh, Phil, do you want to plug anything? Uh, my MySpace page. No one has liked me yet, so I still only have one friend. Um, it's MySpace Dos Birigos. Um, outside of that, you can find me on LinkedIn. Joel. Uh, West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault. That's where you will find myself and Mike now. Uh, so come hang with us. And uh, after this episode drops, we will have just brewed a collaboration Uh Today Sunday, tomorrow Monday, we are going down to Winwood Brewing for a big brewery collab benefiting uh, Bahamas Relief. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to finally get out of the brew house and mingle it up with some other brewers and uh, make some cool shit uh, for a good cause. Yeah, um, definitely. Sorry, and I'm Florida D-U-H Brewer on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Um, and I, I'm very... Uh, Happy and excited to be working with Joel at West Palm Brewery. Um, you can follow me at Mike Loves Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the show you can follow on uh, Twitter at United We Drink, Instagram at United We Drink Pod. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash United We Drink. Uh, you can listen to the podcast either on our website, unitedwedrink.com, or on any of the major streaming services such as. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of those fun things. As I mentioned earlier, you can buy a shirt, sticker, button, um, whether that be the logo or the Jacuzzi Mead uh, design or some new designs that we'll have coming out soon. Go to unitedwedrink.com slash store. Really helps out, supports the show. Um, next episode... We're going to be talking about beer and health, uh, a little bit of a continuation of, of uh, uh, work-life balance can be put into there, mental health, physical health. Um, I think that this could be a really interesting show that we'll uh, be getting into. Um, keep on sending any of your questions that you have for the Q&A over to us. Uh, you can do it on the contact form at our website, or you can tweet at us or DM us or, or wherever we're, we're available, and uh, we'll add that into our queue and uh, hopefully answer that on a future mini-episode. Um, I think that's all of the, the plugs that I needed to get in there. Thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Say it, guys. Cheers. Man, we're so much more entertaining when we drink. <laughs> <laughs>